All right. Okay, shalom everybody. We're continuing with where we left off in Likutei Moran, lesson 24, paragraph number 5. And I know there's a few people that are new <laughs> to this Torah. I'll just give a quick, quick, quick summary so you can understand where we're holding right now. Rabbi Nachman teaches in this Torah, there's what's called Simchat HaMitzvah. There's doing a mitzvah, but there's doing a mitzvah besimcha. When you do a mitzvah besimcha, it propels you to higher, higher levels than if you were just to do the mitzvah without simcha. You can do a mitzvah dead, <laughs> and you get a sachar, but if you want your mitzvah to go somewhere, then you have to do it besimcha. More than this, that if a person is stuck, he's stuck in his tuma, he's stuck in darkness, he's stuck in all types of difficulties and problems, which Rabbi Nachman calls, quoting from the Zohar, it's called Hechalat Mot, the exchange chambers. The Sitra Achra is the one who's responsible for making you feel bad. You want to feel happy? You're sad. You want to feel good? You feel bad. You want to be Kadosh? It makes you the, uh, not, not Kadosh, unholy. Pure, unpure, he's responsible for making a person upside down. That's the Yitzhara. His domain in the Kabbalah, it's called Hechalat Mot, because he exchanges everything. Plus, he's able to get people trapped there because he fools everybody. He's always playing games on you. He's playing mind games, mind games. And uh, like Rabbi Nachman says in the beginning of the Kutim Ram, the Yitzhara doesn't come like Esav, you know, guns and ugly. He comes with a big strimal big mitzvahs, he, he knows that you're not going to listen to him if he comes just that bad. So how does Yetzirah come? He comes from the Kedusha, he uses the Kedusha to bring you down. For example, like the, the example in this Torah, is that the, the, one of the big problems is, a person doesn't know when to stop. Another page of Gemara, another page, or, you know, step all night, there's a tish, and there's a, such a hitlavut, oh, I can't leave this, how can I leave this? And then you stay, and what happens is you go to bed at 6 in the morning, you wake up at 2 in the afternoon, you miss Kriyachma, you miss Zmantfila, you miss Tfilim. What was the Sakhar and what was the Hefset? This is an example. The Yitzhar plays games, and then worse than that, he makes you feel bad afterwards. Like Rashi says about Amalek. Amalek is the one to make you fall. And afterwards is Oleu Mekachek. He goes up and, and does the prosecution against you. He makes you feel bad. You see, you listen to me. You listen and he makes you feel guilty. And like Rabbi Nachman teaches, and also many Svarim, that Yetzirah is more concerned of the after effect of falling than the actual falling. Falling is a part of life. In Malasov, that's part of life. The thing is, do you get up? We have a joke in breast of that we drink in breast of seven up. Seven up. Sheva Yipol Tzadik. Vakam. Seven up, right? That's a breast of drink. Because the thing is, you have to keep on getting back up. That's how life is. Even the biggest Tzadikim, they had Yeridus. If you think somebody's born on top of the mountain, you're wrong. Nobody's born on top of the mountain. Rabbi Nachman said about himself, you guys think I'm a kadosh and everything because I'm an enkel of the Baal Shem Tov? I worked hard. I killed myself to reach my level. You think I was born like this? Nobody's born like that. Nobody's born on top of the, on top of the mountain. Ah, he comes about Heilig and Mishpuch and everything, so automatically he's going to be on the top. No. The tzaddikim, they work, they kill themselves to become their level. That's the thing. You can't think, ah, what do you want? Of course he made it in life. Look at him, Enikul from Baal Shem Tov, Enikul this and that. He worked hard. He worked, he killed himself. So, going back, Rabbeinu says, Rabbi Nachman says in this Torah, that everybody starts off in the Hechalat Mord. Even every day, every morning you wake up, you, where were you just now? You were sleeping. It's okay, right? You were sleeping, you were in 160th of death. What sleep? One, and also the dreams, you have no idea what's happening to you. You wake up, you're now fresh in the Hechalat Mord. 
So the whole avoda of the day of a, of a yid is he needs a lot of simcha and zrizis to get out, to get out of bed, number one. Most people, ah, I want to stay in, sleep in again. That's, that's the hechalat mura, making him not happy. If you were so happy to serve Hashem, you would get up with vigor. I'm not happy. It's hard. Because I was just now in a dream world and everything. How do I get up? So what's needed is simcha. You can do the mitzvah, you do negel vaser, you go to the bathroom, anetet yadayim, asher yatsar, elokai neshama, bikot hashachar, bikot torah, go to the mikveh, okay? But you need to, with simcha is how you get out. Or, a person, he gets out of bed heavy, he gets out of bed tisha be'av, mode, okay? And he continues heavy, then the mikveh is still heavy, he's pulling the tool in like a heavy, and every day everything's heavy. You have a choice. Now, if you want to get out, and be besimcha, and then what you're doing will be propelled a million times more. So this is the idea of why you have to do a mitzvah besimcha. So you can do a mitzvah stam, but if you do a besimcha, it's going to help you get out. So Rabbi Nachman says this is hinted to in the pasuk from Yeshayahu, ki besimcha tetzeu, which means what? How how does he the taich? How does he give the interpretation? With simcha, you get out. Get out of what? Out of anything. Anytime you're stuck in life. You should know that the key is simcha. It's going to give me a solution. It's going to bring me an opening. That's the key. Okay? So he says, once now you're zocher to do a mitzvah b'simcha, the mitzvah now has momentum, has movement, has motion. The mitzvah now gets the whole world to wake up back to Hashem. When you do it b'simcha, it's like propelling it. It's like a molecule. You know, if you remember, if, I'm, if you learn physics in yeshiva, I don't know. But there's what's called a molecule. When you heat up a pot of water, what makes it hot is that the fire is touching the first tiny, tiny piece of matter of something, mama shoot, which is in the water. It's called a molecule. So it starts moving it. And the one molecule moves the next one, next one, next one, until everything starts moving, 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 moving. And that's how all the water gets hot. It starts over a little bit. Okay? So too, when it does a mitzvah, it has momentum. And it, get, it arouses and wakes up everyone back to Hashem. That's why you see, on a, on a practical level, when you are in a good mood, when you're in a good mood, all of a sudden everybody around you is in a good mood also. <laughs> what happened? When you're in a good mood, the bus driver is nice to you. Everyone, when you're besimcha and it's true, all of a sudden the world around you is also good and going to that direction. What happened? You did it. You did it. When you're negative, everybody's negative. This, that, right? Everybody's negative also. So the key is doing a mitzvah besimcha gains momentum. The next stage, which is where we're holding now, is that if you're zochen now that your mitzvah has momentum, you now activate what's called the hands, the adayim. This is the term in the Kabbalah. Not your hands, but the hands of Hashem. Thank you. The hands of Hashem. And this activates bracha. That means the simcha that you do a mitzvah leads to activating bracha. And now he says here, which we're going to now, if now Hashem is opening the doors for you, be smart. Don't ask for a Lamborghini and a nice big house in uh, Newark or whatever. Long Island, Long Beach. Ask for the big thing. What's that? Sechel. It's called Birkata Sechel. Okay? This is what we're holding now. I gave it very short. About like a year and a half classes I gave in, in five minutes. Okay? So it's a, there's a lot of details. But this is just short to get to understand what we're saying now here. So he says here. Okay? We started last week. Just a recap. The ikar habracha. Now you know what he's talking about, okay? The bracha due to the simcha of the mitzvah, which is now the concept of the hands. The ikar bracha shenishpain na yadaim, okay? The main bracha that is nishpa from the hands, and he said is yadaim because there's a right hand and there's a left hand. It's two hands, okay? Which is like chesed and gvura. 
Hem Sechel. The main bracha is Sechel. We quoted the Tikkun Ezor. The Tikkun Ezor says on the word Baruch. What is Baruch, by the way? Baruch, the, the Tikkun Ezor says this. It's not like a Chasidish Avort. It's from the Tikkun Ezor. Baruch stands for Birkat Rosh Umekor Kol. The blessings of the mind, Birkat Rosh. And the source of everything. Meaning what? Like the Chazal. Bichlal Matayim Mane. That if you aim high, automatically you have everything else. Right? Perkavot. Famous Perkavot. And Gemara Nedarim. Da'at Kanita Machasarta. Da'at Chasarta Makanita. If you have Da'at, you have everything. And if you lack Da'at, what do you have? You have nothing. Right? So that's what he's saying here. Be smart. Aim for Sechem. Because he says the main bracha when it comes down, Shemishpa, from the hands, is Sechel. But now you change it. lemata, and when, but, but, and, when the bracha comes down, Nasim lechol echad vechad Each person shapes the bracha, the Sechel, according to his ratzon. In other words, when Hashem sends the bracha, He sends it in the format of that. That it's understanding of Hashem, because understanding of Hashem is everything. When you have that, then you, everything fits in. It makes sense that you have only $5 in your pocket and not $5,000. It makes sense that all I had to eat today was just a little jelly donut or one of these things here. <laughs> and not a nice it's meal. It's beautiful. Okay, I've said it. I got taken out Fine and nice. Okay, when you have that, everything that Hashem sends you is what you need. There's a story of a breast liver, he lived in Tzfat, I think 100 years ago, we saw Karduner, he would walk on foot almost every day or a few times a week from Tzfat to Meron and then back. He was poor, he couldn't afford the wagon and the horse. He would walk on foot and learn Mishnayas all the way. So he got to know Mishnayas Baal because he was doing it so many times. It's not, it's not so, sh- it takes about two and a half hours, three hours to walk from Tzfat to Meron, okay? He was poor, his shoes tore. He woke up one morning and he couldn't use the shoes. So he said, Hashem, Rebun, and his, his Bodidus, they heard him saying this, Rebona Shalola, or give me a new pair of shoes, or give me the dot that I don't need a new pair of shoes. You hear that? Give me, if this is what you want, Hashem, then let me have the dot to accept it, to know this is the Ratzon Hashem, that's the biggest dot, to know that this is the Ratzon Hashem, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to start quetching and this and that. So dot, again, dot, kanita, machasartan. When you have that, so first of all, it does draw down bracha, because when you're in tune with Hashem, and your, your mama shahad is in tune, then anything He sends your way, you're able to accept it with such emuna that this is what you need, because you have the dat. You see, it's adat and emuna. We're going to go into it soon. Emuna is coming up very soon. Sivav is emuna. But that is, I know that this is what Hashem wants of me right now. I'm the happiest person in the world. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life. Not, oh, I should be there, I should be in Eretz Yisrael right now, I should be here, I should be there. If you have that, that Hashem wants of you, what He wants of you is right now, and this is the best you can be doing in your life, you have everything, Baruch Hashem, okay? So He says now, again, the source of bracha that comes down, and by the way, um, beforehand, He mentioned Birkat Kohanim. He connected the bracha with Yadam. Have you seen Seif uh, Dalit? At the very end, it says there, towards the end, he says that the bracha is associated with Yadayim, like we see from Aaron HaKohen. That Aaron lifted up his hands and he gave the bracha. So the Chesed Avraham, he writes that, we, that really the Kohanim and the people when receiving Birkat Kohanim, you should have in mind the following, that the first bracha, when he says, Yivarechecha Hashem 
the very first thing you should have in mind and that the coin should have in mind is the bracha of Chochmah. It's the open. He lists there this Chesed Avraham, this Lechida, his grandfather. He's buried in Hebron. He lists seven things to have in mind and that the Kohanim should have in mind when giving Birkat Kohanim. The opening thing is bracha, is, is Chochmah, Sechel, intellect. And because that's the key for everything else. Okay? So going back, Ikar Bracha, the essence of the bracha, in other words, this is the main thing, it's Sechel. But the thing is, it's transformed when it comes down. Each person according to his Ratzon, according to what you want. Kumoshekatuv, like it says in Tehilim, Poteach et yadecha umasbiya lecholchai ratzon. There's so much to talk about on this one pasuk. Hashem, look at this. Poteach et yadecha, when Hashem opens the hands, and we just mentioned the idea of the hands. When the hands are opened, umasbiya, there's, there's not just bracha coming out, but I'm saveya. I'm full. Who's full? Lecholchai, all of living, but what? Ratzon, according to their ratzon, according to how much they want, what they want. This, this, see, this is how Rabbi Nachman is giving the taich of the pasuk. According to the ratzon. The pshat is not like that. What has the pshat? When you, have, when you say Ashrei three times a day, what's the pshat? Hashem, you open your hands. Hashem, you masbia to al chai. What are you giving them? Ratzon. Here, Rabbi Nachman is not giving the same taich. He's saying like this, Hashem, you open your hands, and you must be chai, period. But based on what? How, how is the sviyah? Ratzon, according to the ratzon of the mekabal, the person receiving, okay? In this thing of the ratzon, there's so much to go into. The one thing that nobody can take away from you is your ratzon. Even if a Jew, chas shalom, falls very far in life, and he does the most terrible things, if Afidu Hachi, nevertheless, he holds on with a good Ratzon, then he had, he's, he's won, he won the game. He won the battle. Because the one thing the Yetzar cannot touch is the person's Ratzon. The Ratzon is something so powerful. And even if a person feels like he doesn't want because he's so overwhelmed but everything happening in his life, he's like, I don't want anymore, I don't care anymore, I don't want this anymore. He can still say, at least I want to want. Nachon, I don't want. But deep down inside, I really want good. I really want to serve Hashem. I want to be a good person. I don't want to be bad like this. I don't want to be chas in drugs. I don't want to be become a breed. I don't want to fall this more. I don't want anymore, Hashem. I don't want, but I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just, I've given up to the situation, Hashem. But if you ask me, Hashem, I don't want. I don't want. There's, there's so much to talk about. This is one amazing story. I, I have to mention this point. In 1840, there was what's called an alilot dam, a, a blood libel in the city of Damascus in Syria. It was called the, the Damascus blood libel. It was pretty famous at the time. What happened was, is that the, the goyim in Damascus, which were at the time the French, the French, Empire, they came to colonize. Colonize. They took over Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia. They also took over Syria. Even though Syria were Arabs and everything, and they had their their sheikh and everything, but France was looking to conquer and take over. There was big wars between the the Ottoman Empire, that was the Turkish Empire, and the French and the English. They were looking to take over the world. That's why they were taking over. America was, was English, because the English, the English came. Canada, English, Australia, English, South Africa, okay? 
but you have countries that speak Spanish, Portuguese, because they were looking in Europe to conquer the world. They were looking to, to have a, to world, world uh, dominancy, okay? World dominion. So uh, Syria was taken by, by France. So the French government, they were in Damascus, and they wanted to do, the, the priest and the church there, they wanted to do something very bad against the Yidin, okay? So what did they do? They closed the whole wall of Damascus, that way nobody can go in and nobody can go out, only going, but going they can trust. The Yidin were forbidden to leave, that way no one can know outside of Damascus what's happening. There's no telephone, there's only letters. So no one's allowed to come in to bring in information, no one's allowed to go out, nothing, it's closed, okay? And then they started punishing the Yidin, started taking, arresting the men, putting, hitting them. And then they took the leading rabbis, the Chachamim in Damascus, and they started torturing them until they admitted that they took the blood of the priests and used it for the Arba Kosot of Pesach. That was always the, called Alil Odam. Throughout history, for some reason, the Goim took this thing of the Yidin taking the blood to, of, of a Goy, the Shechta Goy, and they used the blood for the Arba Kosot. Always, again, it took place in Germany, in France, in Czechoslovakia, in Prague, in Poland, in Russia. Always they attack the Arba Kosot. Rav Chaim Falaji, who was a Sephardic Rav, he wrote a whole book on it, why Dafka the Goim took on the Arba on the Kosot, okay? And he writes this story, this story is brought down, because after his time. And what happened was, that the, 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 top, the chief priest in Damascus went missing. So then they had that, they, it was all planned. So the, the Goim says, the Jews, they found, they, they found some body, but they, can't, they, 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 they themselves killed another body. They cut up the pieces, they couldn't identify the face, and they said that was the priest. So then they started accusing the Jews, and then they took one by one the Chachamim, until they got to the chief rabbi, his name was Rav Yaakov Antebi. He's buried here in Harzaytim. He left, after what happened, he left uh, Damascus, and he did Aliyah, came to Eretz Yisrael, he's buried in Harzaytim, okay? They, they took one after the next, and started torturing them with scary things. He describes exactly what they did with knives and razors and fire and everything, and touching their private parts. It was crazy what they did to torture them until they confessed. So when he came already, they didn't, they didn't torture him yet. He saw the chief rabbis on the Beit Din that worked with him. There was a big rabbi, Rav Lanyado. He's saying to him, he was tortured so much, he said to Rav Yaakov and Tebi, you were with us when we shechted the priest and we took out the blood from his neck. You were with us. We poured it into the cup and had the... And he said to himself, I, could, I couldn't believe what I, I see in my own eyes, what the Chachamim said, that if they were to torture Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they would have easily uh, can, you know, fallen into uh, bowing down to the Tzalem of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar. The reason why they didn't bow down is the Gemara says they didn't torture them. But if they were tortured, they would have fallen in. So he saw with his own eyes that what Chazal said, that when you torture somebody, you can get him to lie. You can get him to... So they, they started torturing him. They say, want you to sign on the bottom because everything's on your signature. The chief rabbi of, of, of Damascus, that you agreed. So they started torturing him. He said, no. And he says, they put him underwater until he, he, he said to himself, I'm just going to die. I can't fight against this. They saw that he was trying to give in. They took him out and they kept on doing it. Okay? So he said, okay, I'll sign. I said, good, finally. They brought him the paper. He said, I'm going to sign. And I'm writing just a PS, you know, and noon bet. I was forced <laughs> to sign. They said, no, 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 no. They kept on torturing him. And he held on. He said, okay, I'll sign, I'll sign, I'll sign. He said, but this time no condition, no condition. And then he says, but I was forced to sign. So he kept on going in until the salvation came. The salvation came is that one Yid, 
he shaved off his peis, his beard, took off everything in front of all the goyim, he took a piece of pig and ate it in front of them and to show them that he's now no longer a Jew, he's a shmad mishtamed and he convinced them so well that they let him leave Damascus and when he left, he quickly went to the closest Jewish community which was the next one, Aleppo and to tell, to tell them what's happening in Damascus and they quickly sent to a message to Rav Moshe Montefiore from England, who was the, he was considered the savior of the Jewish people. Whenever they needed help, he was the one they called in. They quickly sent an SMS, you know, whatever, SOS message, and he, with his money and power, got the French government to open up to, you know, they, they had no idea what was happening, the French government. There was the French government in Damascus doing all this, opened up and saved everything, just in time, okay? So, just, what's the point? Yetzara, he can torture you to the end. But the one thing he can't touch is the Ratzon. By that ones, they give in, they give up. But if you really want, Yetzara will make you miserable sometimes in life, will smack you around, will make life so difficult, so much challenging, that you, that you say, okay, I give in, I give in. But then you can say, but I'm only saying I'm giving in because I'm forced to. But Hashem, you should know that my Ratzon is, I don't want this. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to do Averot. I don't want to be bad. I want to be a good Yid. I want to do good. But I don't want to be like this. The fact that you say that, you won. just want to finish the story. I have to finish the story. Rav Moshe Montefiore, when he sat down and they wrote with Yaakov and Tebi this whole story, he said, this is crazy. What you went through, I don't think any Yid since Choban Beit Amidash went through such torture and survived. He says, there's something you're hiding from me and I want you to tell me. So, because he was a big support, he saved him. So, Yaakov Antebi told Rav Moshe Montefiore, the secret is, I'm the Nitzotz of Mashiach ben Yosef of this generation. And, the, and this, this Goy, who was torturing me, was like the Arizal says, is the Nitzotz of Armilus HaRasha. If you look in your Siddur, it says in one of the brachas of Tzemach David, you should have in mind that Mashiach ben Yosef should not be killed by Armilus HaRasha. It's one of the kavanot you should have in the Shemone Esra. So he said, in this generation, I was the Mashiach ben Yosef, and this guy torturing me nonstop, giving the orders to torture me was Armilus, and we're about to bring Mashiach. He says, there was no holy community in the world as holy as the community in Damascus. Everybody was Kedoshim with Teorim. But what happened? At the moment that one man was with his wife when she was Nida, they ruined it. They lost the schut. At that time, that the man was with his wife when she was Nida, and then that's when you came in to save me and rescue me, and then they, we lost the schut. We're about to bring Mashiach. It was about to happen. Rav Nosson talks about this, by the way. This was the year 1840. 1840, the Yidin in the world, the Chachamim, the, everywhere, in Europe, Ashkenazim, Sephardim, they thought Mashiach was going to come because there was a remez in the Zohar. The Zohar said, says that in the year Tafresh, that year, Tafresh of 1840, the gates of wisdom would be opened. So the Yidin all over, because everybody was suffering from pogroms, everyone thought Mashiach was for sure going to come. So Rav Nosson was the only one who said he's not going to come. Because Rabbeinu warned, don't make cheshboinus. When you make a calculation, you ruin it. If you're a big Rav and you say, for sure Mashiach's coming this year and I found a remez, you ruined it. He'll come maybe before, he'll come after, but he'll no longer come in that year. So when the, when the, when the tzaddikim were saying that in, in the year 1839, Right, one year before Mashiach's coming in Tavresh, Rav Nosson was telling everybody he's not going to come. He might come before, he might come after, but he's not going to come in the year 18, 1840. Okay, and they ruined it. So he was saying that we're, we're that close. It was Rav Yaakov Antebi. He was so persecuted, he lost all of his teeth. And he told Moshe Montefiore, I'm leaving this community, I can't stay here anymore. 
They said that he was the, he was called he was what's called the Chacham Bashi. Chacham Bashi is like the chief chief rabbi of like all Syria and everything. He said, "I'm leaving everything just to be a simple yid in Yerushalayim." He came here. He was niftir. You hear that? So he was Mashiach ben Yosef. Ramilus, <laughs> there was something to go. But the point is that he did not give up. He did not give up. Is that okay? Stopped. Okay. We'll continue after that. Fine. Well, it's still recording though. So, um, Rav Nosen, he goes into this thing. And he says something amazing. We still have time, right? We can go on? We have, we have time still? Nosen says that there's a stira between the Gemara and Shabbos, the famous Gemara. You remind me, I think it's Daf Pechet of, of Matan Torah, that when the Eden said, Nasev and Ishma, so uh, 1,200,000 angels came down to give two crowns on the head of each year. 600,000 came to put Nasev, and another 600,000 came to give a crown for Nishma. I think it's Daf Pechet in Masachat Shabbos. Okay? And the Gemara goes on to say that when it was Chet Egel, the Yidin lost both crowns, for Nasev and Nishma. And when Mashiach comes, they're going to get back the crowns, like it says, the Simchat Olam Al Rosham, the Simcha that was forever eternal, the Simcha of Nasev and Nishma, which was there waiting for them, Al Rosham will be back on their heads. They'll get back, we'll get back to Qatar when Mashiach comes. So if Nosen says, this goes against what it says in the Midrash. The Midrash brings a Mashal of a king who gave to the queen two rings and he said to her be careful watch the rings okay these are very expensive rings watch them don't lose them and the queen lost one ring so the king was upset and he said okay you lost one ring so make sure you guard the second one don't lose the second one so the major says this is the nimshal that the yidin lost the first crown of naaseh so hashem and moshe Rabbeinu tell the yidin you lost the crown for naaseh so it's like the, the ring is corresponds to the crown that's the midrash makes the connection so make sure you don't lose the crown, the second crown of Nishma. You lost Naaseh, so don't lose Nishma. So if Nosen says there's a stira between the Gemara and the Midrash, but he resolves it. He says like this, what is Naaseh and what is Nishma? Naaseh is what you can do in life. I'm a tzliach, I can finish Shas, I can get up on time, I can be a good yid, and Mamash, I'm watching, I'm going to the mikveh every day, and I'm saying Tehillim, and I'm Shemet Hainayim, and I'm doing, I'm doing, and I'm a good person, I get married, and I have a good Shalom Bay, and I'm a good person, and this, and doing, open a nice business, and you do Chesed, and you do Tztaka, so you're really happy about your accomplishment, Naseh, okay, that's, that's Naseh, the, the doing of the Torah, the fulfillment of the Torah, you're doing, 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 okay? What's Nishma? Nishma, on the Pshad level, is learning. We will do and we will listen. And everyone asks the famous question, right? How could the Yidin do first if they don't know what to, what to do? In other words, Naaseh will do, and afterwards we will listen what to do. <laughs> what do you mean listen what to do? You have to be first told what tefillin is, how to put on tefillin, and then you do it. First is Nishma, and then Naaseh. What in the world is this? That you have Naaseh and Nishma, the famous question, okay? So no sense says because of that, Nishma means something deeper. Obviously, to do Naaseh, you have to learn Torah before. To know what to do, you have to have some learning. So it can't be that Nishma means we will listen and understand the Torah and it's coming after Naaseh. It can't be. So what's Nishma? There's two, there's two ways to say listening. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you, and I'm listening. What's the difference? When you hear somebody, it goes in one ear, it goes out the other ear. Yeah, I hear you. Do you hear this? Testing. Uh, uh, testing. One, two. Yeah, you hear it. I hear it. It goes in one ear. It goes out the second ear. What's listening? Listening, like the Zohar says, Shmiya. Huh? In Yiddish they say, Hey, and did hey. It's 
Listening is more of the heart. That means it's real. I'm really, I'm, I'm really, I'm not hearing you anymore. I'm listening. Doing something about it. doing it, but watch this. The Zohar says, Shmia Talia Beliba. Listening is dependent on the heart. Because when you listen, you don't listen with the ears. You listen with the heart. You give a person your his full attention. You give a person your full attention. I'm listening. What are you saying? You I like you know you come to a person. Some a person doesn't want. He's too busy. Yeah, what do you have to say? He's, he's, he hears you. You come to ask a rabbi a question. Yeah, yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Like he's busy doing something else. And you can tell he's not listening to you. He's just hearing you. Hearing is the person stops everything. Okay, I'm listening. What do you want to tell me? That's listening. Shmia. Shmia is connected to the heart. Now, what will determine that you listen to somebody or you listen to something is that you want. You have the right song. I want to listen. So if Nassim shows, the Ratzon of a Yid, which is the Pintel Yid, is where? It's in the heart. It's not in the head. It's in the heart. The listening is, I want to listen. So Naaseh means the Yidin did. And the Nishma afterwards is the crown for the Ratzon. Okay? So now, when we say that the Yidin lost the crown for Naaseh, what does that mean? What does that mean that we lost the crown for Naaseh? Revelation says something scary. He says, losing the crown for Naseh, that what does it mean for Yidin even today? That the Yetzirah has permission and room to mess you up in your Naseh. To make you that you fall in sin. Yes, he has Rashut, he has permission. Why? Because I lost my crown for Naseh, which means what? I don't have control of my actions. I think I do. You know, I start off, I'm a teenager, I'm a Bachor now, I'm starting my life. I think... Me, I'm doing. I'm learning Gemara. I'm getting up for davening. I'm doing good. I'm doing, I'm doing. <laughs> Yetzar comes, and then all of a sudden, whoop, he takes the carpet from under your feet. <laughs> You're nothing. And how most people feel when that happens? They feel like garbage. But one second, you lost the crown of Naseh. What does that mean, said that you lost the crown of Naseh? You don't have a say in your Maasim. You can do so long as they let you do, but once the Yetzirah gets involved and he starts playing games with you, that's it, you lose on the Naaseh. And he has permission because you don't have the crown. The crown means I have shlita, I have control, I have mastery over the Naaseh. I lost it. I lost it in Arsina, I lost it already. Okay? Nishma, you would think, Lichora, is now meaning I lost control over the Ratzon. The second crown with Nishma is Ratzon. So Nosan says, when the Gemara says that the angels came and took off the second crown, they took off the external aspect of the Ratzon, which is like what we said, that sometimes a person, he's so, he's so broken from what he's going through, say, okay, I give up, I give up already, I'm never going to make it, I'm never going to become a, a, a kosher yid, a, a guter yid, I'm never going to become a tzaddik, I'm never going to make, you win! The reason why he's talking like that is because of the pressure. But deep down inside, you ask him, do you still want to be a good person? The guy who was on drugs for 20 years and his whole life and divorced and he lost his whole family and everything. You ask him, but do you deep inside want to be a good person? If you're given a chance now, do you want to come back? If he says yes, he can say yes. Even though everything is pressuring him to say no, but he can say deep down inside, I want to be a good person. Like, like Rebbeinu said, if you don't want, at least I want to want. I, I don't want. But I want to want, and it goes back further. And if I don't want to want, <laughs> I want to want, to want, it goes back, it goes back, okay? Okay? So this is an idea 
that the Ratzon is untouched. This is what the Midrash says. The Midrash says, we didn't lose the crown for Nishma. We didn't lose it. Meaning what? Your Ratzon is intact. Yetzara, he can't get you. What is Yetzara after? Yetzara is after to make you give up, which means what? That you take off the second crown of Nishma. Like the Midrash said, you still have the ring of Nishma. The Yetzara does what's called the Grama. He does things to get you to give up. He does things, the car doesn't work, I didn't make it on time, I lost my job, I got screamed at, and this, and this, and then uh, there's a good cake in front of me, I couldn't hold myself, and I just ate it, and I just felt my time is, and I'm just giving up, and I'm trying for 20 years to lose weight, trying for 20 years to get off smoking, trying to whatever, right? Trying to be a good person, it's not happening, right? So I, I say, I don't want any more. Meaning what? That I give up. This is what Yetzar wants. He wants to do a grandma that you should sign your life away to Yehush. I've signed them. Okay? Why? Because that's where he has no permission. The one area that the Yetzar cannot touch is the union of your Ratzon. The Ratzon, when it says, HaKol B'Di Shamayim Chuz Mer Chamaim, your Chamaim is this, by the way. Ratzon and Yira, they work together. Right? Ratzon, Yerav. Yes. <laughs> is that amazing? Ratzon, Yerav, Yes. You get back the crown of Nasser. Ronasan says something amazing. This is all from the Kutah Alachot. Not on this lesson, it's from another lesson. Everything we're saying now is from Rav Nosan in Hechot Matana Alachahe. It's unbelievable. One of the most amazing. He talks also about Mashiach in the year Tafreya. He talks about there that he won't come anymore. He wrote this discourse right before or right after. He said that everyone thought he's coming this year Tafresh, and he's not coming. He didn't come, whatever. But he mentions this, all these ideas from Rav Nosan there, okay? He says. The, the, the Yitzhara, he's after you to drop the second crown of, of Nishma, which you didn't lose. You lost the Chitzoniyot, the external crown, yes, you lost. At Harsinai, at Chetai again. But the, in the Pnimiyut, as soon as every Jew got the crown for Nishma, because it's connected to the inner Pintaliyid of the Yid, as soon as the crown went on their head physically, even though it's a spiritual crown, the light of the crown of Nishma went deep inside the Yid, so that when the Malachim came to take away the crowns, the million two hundred thousand. I made a mistake, by the way. The Gemara says six hundred thousand angels came, and each one put two crowns. And when they took them away, one million two hundred thousand came. Each one took out because Malach, in this case, could only do one peula. They take off one for the crown of Nase, and another Malach take for the crown of Nishma. When they gave them, they gave a matana in one blow, in one job, boom, like that. Okay. So, so the the the, the what was I saying again? One second, I have to remember the last point. The what? What? The last point I said. Uh, that's the aura of the... Right, so as soon as the crown went on their head, the pnimiyut, the, the, the essence of the ratzon, went deep inside, deep inside, so it could never be taken away. Even though the malachim came and took off the crown, they only took off the chitzoniyot. That's the resolution to the Gemara and the Midrash. The Gemara says, we lost the crown of Nishma. Yes, you lost the external crown, but the pnimiyut, well, like the Midrash says, you never lost it. It's a ring. It's no longer a crown, it's on your finger now. It's a ring, you don't lose this crown of Nishma. So meaning, when we say there's no Yehush, it's true. But what, so what does Yetzirah do? He tries to get people to give up on their own. How does he do that? By messing up their lives in the Na'aseh. This didn't work out, this didn't work out. Everything in Asiyah doesn't work out. Why? To get you to give up. Rav Nosin says, if now you don't give up and you lost so much, so here we go to the laws of Hashavat Aveda. Hashavat Aveda, what's the halacha? If I can assume if I can assume that this item that I found, the way it's placed and where I found it, if I can assume in the halacha that the owner did not give up, what's the halacha? I'm not allowed to take it. 
If now, you know, I find money lying down on the regular streets and no simanim, I can take it, okay? A pen, I can take it. But in a special wallet, in a special place, which indicates that the, the owner is going to be looking for it now, okay? What's halacha? If the owner, I can assume by the positioning of the lost item that the owner didn't, didn't give up on it, then I have to keep it by me until Eliyahu Navi to give it back to him. So Rosen says also, everything you lost all these years, you lost davening on time, you lost working on Shemitah Naim, you lost many things from the Taivis and things happening in life, you lost, you lost, you lost, you lost, and yet you didn't give up. Ein Yehush Ba'alim, didn't give up meaning, I still want to be a good Jew, I didn't give up yet. My Ratzon is still there. This is again, Ratzon Yerev, yeah, I said that if now my ratzon is still there and I tell Hashem I still want to be a good Jew, Nachon Hashem I'm upside down. But you give a retort, you tell Hashem I'm expressing to you Hashem from the ratzon that's inside of me. If the ain't Yehush Ba'alim, if there's still ratzon, so then everything that I lost and who finds them, who finds the Avedis? He says, This is the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim, okay? They're, they're looking deep digging to find the Avedis. It's a whole lesson in Likud Timuran. I'm going to right now. It's a lesson in Pezayin Tinyana, where he says that Tzadikim are looking after Avedis. What does that mean? That Tzadikim are looking for their lost parts of who they are. What does that mean? When you're sent to this world, you don't know anything, right? When you're in the mother's room, you're taught the whole Torah, the angel teaches you the whole Torah, plus what's your mission in life? That's part of the whole thing. And then you leave, the angel comes and taps you on, on top of your lip, you forget everything. Your goal in this life is to rediscover who you really are. The whole idea of Torah, Torah or, Torah is Hora'ah, or, the whole purpose of the mitzvot, of tefillin, of shachar, minchamar, of gemara, of chumash rashi, of learning Torah, is all this is so you should discover who you really are. That's the whole thing here. To have a relevant, I'm just here just to eat and drink and keep Shabbos and like uh, do, do, do what everybody else is doing and that's part. And then, and then after 89 years old, put me in the ground and that's it. That's what life is all about. You're coming to this world, eating chocolate dumplings and, and having fun and doing crazy things, going through all these things. I want raising these kids, everything, and that's it. Like detached. I do things just out of emuna, emuna, and like detached. And it's supposed to say like that. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to die. That's life. That's what I'm sent to this world for? No. The Arizal brings this down, Rabbeinu brings this down, Rav Nassim. The goal of being here in this world is so you should rediscover who you really are. Who you really are. Why you were sent back. What's your mission in life? What's your goal? You should get a taste of who you really are. You don't know who you really are. All the combinations of your nefesh, ruach, neshama, all your gigulim, and everything you went through, you see just a little piece of the movie. When you're born until you pass away, it's like, it's like five minutes of the whole reel. The movie, the movie film, you're seeing just five minutes. You're 80, 90 years, it's like five minutes. Do you see the whole picture? No. And do I have to wait until I leave this world to see it? Not necessarily. The goal is in this world already to get a taste of who you are. The tzaddikim see that. The tzaddikim, that's, that's why the tzaddikim, because they reach that level that they know their mission in life. The thing is though, the tzaddikim want to help Am Yisrael also to get to that. So he says, the tzaddikim find other people's avedas also. But the tzaddik can't give you back what you lost potentially. When we say aveda, like I, did, I, I lost out on the mitzvah ta'aseh because of doing wrong things, so I lost out. On the potential good that I could have done, I lost out. How can I get it back? The potential good that I lost, which is losing the crown of Naase. I lost the crown of Naase. If now, Ein Yehush Ba'alim, right? Ratzon Yereav. If there's Ratzon, 
and that Ratzon shows I still have a drop of Yerat Shemaim inside of me. Proof is I'm, exp- I'm expressing what's in my heart. Even if a person Chasham is Mechal Shabbat and he does terrible things with shikses and everything, but still he has his Ratzon and he expresses it. He says, Hashem, I want to be a good Jew. Yeah, I say he gets back what he lost plus interest. <laughs> he gets everything plus also. So all this, we'll stop here, but this shows you how the Ratzon is what determines everything. What is he saying here? Going back to here. Your Ratzon determines what you get. The Ratzon is untouched, okay? Because it's untouched, it's endless. But you decide what you want. You have some people, they say, no, I just want to live a normal life. Leave me alone. You know, I just want to be a simple person. Why do I need this Yiddishkeit? Why do I need this, you know, to be a super duper Torah scholar? And, and let me just have a normal job and enjoy myself and go to Disneyland and have a good life, you know? <laughs> the, the Ratzon is limited. They made the Ratzon here. It could be the Ratzon is connected to Hashem's Ein Sof. It's infinite. But the person chooses where to stop it. He put the breaker at 10. Why? Why 10? You could have put the breaker at 5,000, 5 million. No, no, 10. I'm happy with 5. You know, I'm okay with this type of Yiddish kite. I gave up on Davani. I just come to show and I just say the words, you know, because anyways, I can't fight to try to concentrate Davani. So I just do it like, you know, every morning. I get up in the morning, go to Davani like nothing. I don't fight anymore. I give up. I gave up on, I once spoke to an old guy. He said, I gave up on Davani 20 years ago. He gave up. He gave up trying to daven with kavana because it's the bilbulim and the distractions are so much. He said, "I gave up already twenty years ago on davening because he couldn't handle it every day. A challenge, challenge. How much? How much can he handle? The thing is not to give up. Not to give up. Your ratzon. It depends where you put the blocker. Some people they put it at ten. Why put it at ten? Make it fifty. Make it a hundred. Make it two thousand. Five thousand. Five million. So you say according to your ratzon. That's how Hashem sends you the shefa." what you want. If you want less Ruchniyut and more Gash, once you put the Ruchniyut at the stopper at 10, but now my Ratzon is to have a nice Lamborghini, a nice house, I want Shefa, Bracha, right? The famous story of Mordechai of Chernobyl or, or his father, no, Mordechai of Chernobyl. He once came to the city of Breslev and he was a Rebbe, you know, and he was very well known, Mordechai of Chernobyl throughout the Ukraine. He came to Breslev and all night there was a lineup of people giving him Kvitlech, Kvitlech, Kvitlech. At the end of the night, by the morning, he said to this guy, a whole night, people asked for Gashmius. Only one person asked me for Yerat Shemayim. Everyone was asking for Parnasa, Bane, Chaye, Mzoni, what the Zohar says. The Zohar says on that, Hav Hav, it's like a dog barking. One person asked for Gashmius, because the Zohar says, Havlan, Chaye, Havlan, Bane, Havlan, Mzoni, Reviche. So Hav Hav, it sounds like a dog barking. So the Zohar says, people ask for Gashmius, it's like they're barking like a dog. <laughs> hav, hav, hav. So he said that all night people were asking for Gashmis, only one person asked for Ruchmis. It was, it was, it was, and they, they say, I mean, we say obviously, we're biased. The one who said that was a breast liver. A breast liver came to bring a kvittel to Borchav Chernobyl, and he asked for your Shemayim. That's on the sign I'm saying that. But the point is that your Ratzon, your Ratzon determines what you're going to get. And if that's the case, aim high. Aim high. Don't settle for. For Peshivkas, he says, if you have Ratzon, you will aim high. What's aiming high here? Aim for the Sechel. The greatest accomplishment in this world is This is the greatest thing that you know Hashem's in your life. When you see Hashem in your life, that's the greatest bracha. Okay, we'll stop here.
Bezat Hashem, that was pretty intense, which we zochet to build our Ratzon, because your Ratzon determines how the bracha comes to you. You want money? Okay, no problem. You want this? You want physical things? Once, um, Rabbeinu had a group of men who didn't have children for many, many years. They came together to ask Rabbi Nachman for bracha for having kids. And amongst these many people who came was one chassid who was very close to him. These were people like Baal Bosom who weren't so close to him. But there was one of them who didn't have kids for many years. And he was one of the Rebbe's closest Talmudim. So when they came, and this man came with them, so the Rebbe was surprised. So he said to him, the chassid was very close to him, he said, but you know, the main offspring, like Rashi says, Ele Toldot, right? You remember this thing? The main Toldot of Tzadikim is Maasim Tovim. Ele Toldot Noach, Parashat Noach, right? So Rashi says there, that the, when he says Toldot Noach, that the main Tolada of Tzadikim is Tshuva and Maasim Tovim. As if they say, you don't need kids necessarily. This is what Hashem put you in. So Hashem, so that you're okay with that. So he took that, like, as, like Rabbi Nachman was talking to him about that. So he understood from that that he shouldn't ask for kids anymore because the tshuva masim is the, is the, is the, is the, is the next thing, is, is, what's, is, is, the, is, the, is the greatest thing. So he didn't ask for many years, if not many years, for whatever time passed, he didn't have, ask for kids. And then, another time, these Baal Bosim, another group who didn't have kids, came again to the Rabbi for a bracha, and he was there also at the same time, but he, didn't, he wasn't with them asking for the bracha. He was standing on the side. So then the Rebbe said to him, he said, Afilu hachi, it's, be- it's good that you should also have kids. <laughs> so he said to him, give me a pidyon right now. He asked for like a, an, an amazing amount of money for a pidyon. So he got together the money quickly, and he, he gave to the Rebbe the pidyon. And the Rebbe took one coin from it afterwards. He took the money, he did the pidyon. He took one money, he gave back the rest of the money like that. And Boch Hashem, that man was blessed afterwards with, uh, I think, one child or much more Bezat Hashem. But you see that he stopped. The Rebbe said to him, the main Tolada is Shuvah Masim Tovim, you don't need children. So he took that to heart and he stopped asking. He said, I'll work more on Shuvah Masim Tovim. When he made his Ratzon higher, then the Rebbe said, and a time passed, and the Rebbe says, Afilo Achi, it seems like because you are now aiming for Shuvah Masim Tovim, you're aiming for the high, it's good that you also have a child now. Because he aimed high. That's what he's saying. The bracha comes down as sechel. And when you have sechel, you have everything you need in life. Bezat Hashem. It comes into it. Okay. Bezat Hashem. To be continued. Yeah. It's a big rule. Rabbi Nachman says, when you ask for the ruchnius, the gashmius, if you need it, will come. But the fact that you're asking for ruchnius, for spirituality, you're happy with what Hashem sends you. You're no longer now, you're now taking good. You're t- whatever Hashem sends you, you're okay. That leaves room for Hashem to decide what to give you, Mr. Hashem.